I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author and food addiction educator Joan Ifland. From ribs and hamburgers to hot dogs and pie, staying true to your new diet is never easy during summer holidays. Nutrition counselor Joan Iflin, PhD, who specializes in processed food addiction, discusses how food triggers work, why summer holidays lead to dieting setbacks, tips for resisting these barbecue cravings, as well as festive replacement recipes. A graduate of Stanford University with 20 years of experience in the science of nutrition, food addiction, and recovery, Dr. Iflin specializes in how processed foods impact the body, mind, and emotions. She's been interviewed on the Oprah Winfrey Network, Fox News, KTLA, Fortune Prevention, U.S. News, and many more. Welcome to the show, Joan. Nice to have you on. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Okay. Well, the topic of the day uh, is uh, your specialty. You're an educator and you are a food addiction specialist, which I think that's probably going to be the first question, exactly what that is. We're going to be talking okay. about how processed foods impact the body, mind, and emotions. Um, so as yes. a specialist, uh, and an author of many books that address these this particular issue. Uh, what is that? What is a food addiction educator? Who are you? <laughs> okay, okay. Well, there aren't very many of us on the planet, so it's a good place to start. What we have found is that over the years of processed foods being introduced into our diets, people have developed an addictive reaction So after World War II and then late 1940s, early 1950s, um, manufacturers began to grind up plants and uh, extract the fiber and heat them to very high temperatures. And what was hidden is that in that process, they became addictive. They're able to hyperactivate the addictive part of the brain, the reward system. And this is where the compulsion comes from. This is why people are overeating This is why they're developing health problems. This is why we have epidemics of obesity, diabetes, heart disease, depression, dementia. These processed foods affect cell function. So any part of the body can start to malfunction, become painful. We call them diseases, but it's almost more like the reaction to to having a pretty severe addiction. So as an right, I'm going to stop you there I because you're talking about after, uh, after World War II. Now, that's a long, long time ago. We're talking 70 years ago, right? Uh, mm-hmm. this, this, mm-hmm. uh, we began to create, or the food industry began to create these addictive foods. So, yes. But, uh, you know, it's almost a century ago, right? So right now, it, it seems we're at the worst of it. People are heavier overweight, mm-hmm. obese, mm-hmm. eating these addictive foods. How did that, I mean, let's, can we put that in some kind of a context? What are we doing? Why yes. aren't we doing anything about it? You just said there are very few of us, very few addiction specialists when it comes to food. Yes. Why? So this is, um, think about tobacco. Think about tobacco in the 1930s, 40s, 50s. 1964, the Surgeon General of the U.S. announced Okay, tobacco causes cancer. It was another 45 years 
before Congress in the U.S. was able to pass legislation. This is big, big business. Um, I just read recently that the the process, well, the food industry is in the U.S. at $1.5 trillion business a year. So just think how long it took us to come to grips with tobacco. This is much more serious. It's many more different substances. It's all the sugars, flour, gluten, dairy, processed fats, excess of salt, caffeine, food additives. So it's a deeper-seated addiction, and it starts in early childhood. We see baby formula that has 52% sweeteners in it, and you have this bombardment of children with uh, commercials, cartoon commercials for these heavily processed foods. And we see that they're really, really addictive, like sugar, fat, salt will reach the brain, impact the brain within half a second of touching the mouth. So um, the tobacco industry was able to make cigarettes sexy, fun, relaxing. They got doctors to endorse them. It's the same thing that they've done with processed foods. Oh, these are fun. They're really enjoyable. Well, let's put some vitamin C in it and put a health claim on it. Very, very deeply delusional and very, very addictive. Well, isn't this so much worse because because you don't start uh, get feeding or you don't start taking your newborn and uh, giving him a cigarette to smoke? They don't have to smoke. None right. of us have to smoke, but you have to eat food. Right. So the whole industry is based on you're talking about this $1.5 trillion a year business, and we all have mm-hmm. to eat, and we start doing this to our our almost newborns, right, feeding them this stuff. Um, It it just seems like an impossible kind of socio-political thing to get out of, a business, I guess, in terms of Well, you know, we we did beat tobacco. It was a long, long journey, but we did beat it. But it was easier to beat tobacco than it will be to beat processed foods because most people transferred the addiction from nicotine over to processed foods. And this, this, you're right, this has been building even by the 1970s. 40, over 40% of the U.S. was overweight or obese. And then tobacco bought Kraft, Nabisco, and General Foods in the mid-1980s, and it all accelerated. It's an addiction business model. It's lots of advertising. It's the five A's, advertising, availability, affordability, young age of onset, and then ramping up the addictive properties, but hiding those addictive properties. So when tobacco came in, they ramped up the sugar, fat, salt in the products, but we didn't know that. We didn't know that a slice of bread in 1970 would not be addictive, but by the 1990s, it was because they had added so much high fructose corn syrup and salt and fat to that slice of bread, but it was hidden. We didn't know. We were deluded into eating these products, eating a lot of them, uh, being subjected to the advertising, this teaching. You teach the brain to be addicted. But you know what we can do today? We can band together, stop buying these products. The addiction has to be addressed. You need a recovery program. So part of the delusion is that somehow we're supposed to have enough willpower 
to overcome an addiction on our own. That is not the case. That's like saying someone to someone who's heavily drinking, oh, you know, I'm going to educate you about water. Water's so cool. Just drink water. No. So what you're saying is we need an AA for food addiction. uh, Yeah, for food addiction. Sort of the same uh, sort of... uh, it is an addiction, so we need that help, idea. Obviously. You need a yeah. community. You need a hey, you community know, Joe, of like-minded you, people. Like, yeah, and I also want to know, you know, okay, COVID. We've had uh, one of the high-risk factors, or one of the for getting COVID was not only age, being over sixty-five, but obesity. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we, have we so, learned anything from that obesity? The people who do, many, that's that's that was one of or is yes, not, yes. Yeah. You, you just hit the nail on the head. You absolutely hit the nail on the head. From my perspective, now mind you, in the U.S., sixty-seven percent of what people are eating are processed foods. So they, uh, it's not just the obesity; it's the underlying strength of the immune system has been just compromised. So to me, we wouldn't have had COVID if it didn't come in on top of an epidemic of processed food addiction. The, you know, you're, you're just, you're right on the right topic. Now we know that over 70% of the mortality occurred in people who had an underlying diet related condition. So if those underlying diet-related conditions had not been there, which in my world were induced by the processed food addiction, we would have, the mortality rate would have been, you know, 70% less. It wouldn't have been an epidemic. We wouldn't have had to go to lockdown, et cetera, et cetera. It would have had a completely different impact. So... Given that, let's talk about some of the, uh, actually, some of the symptoms or the manifestations of like when you uh, are addicted. And I want to get into your personal mm-hmm. story because I think this is how it all started, didn't it? Or your, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so maybe we should do that first, go back, because you yourself were a, you were a food addict of processed food, mm-hmm. but didn't realize it. Yes. But, yeah. Had no idea yes. that that was your problem. Yes. So I was born in 1951. When all of this got started, one of the early manipulations that the food industry did was to persuade women that cooking was old-fashioned and the modern woman didn't cook, just like modern women smoked. You know, if you were a suffragette, it was rebellious and you were claiming your territory if you smoked. Just this utter manipulation So my mother was a modern woman, and we ate convenience foods. It wasn't the volume that the tobacco industry has been able to push. So we were not at all fat. We were were rail thin as children, but we started the day with juice and sugary breakfast cereal and milk and toast and jelly. So we started the day with a sugar fix. And the rest of the day was up and down, raging and anger and fighting and depression and hysterics and crying. In my family of origin, it had a huge emotional impact because it deregulates um, adrenaline and it shuts down the, the reward pathways in the brain. So it's very hard to feel good about anything. 
I fast forward, I, you know, I, I managed to get a great education. I had my two children in the early 80s, but I couldn't go back to work. I had this great Stanford MBA. I was too sick to go back to work. But in, in 1996, to solve a weight problem, I got off of sugars and flowers, and all the emotional roller coasters stopped. The allergies stopped. The bloating stopped. The sinus infections stopped. But most importantly, I was able to be calm instead of being angry, irritable, critical, and that is something I had worked very hard for. And so that's initially, when I though, you thought that it was you, know, you did this for because you wanted to lose weight. You thought, well, if I just well, yes. this was the reason that you, you hadn't weren't defining it as a food addiction in the way you are today. Right. But, uh, so you, right. Yeah. So you want to lose weight. You suddenly start eating what? Eating well, eating real, I say real foods, just. Uh, yes. Not, yeah. And you, how long did it take you? Not long to feel No, better. you know, the withdrawal, this is the cool thing. People think, oh, you know, everybody wants instant gratification. This is pretty darn instant within four days for me. Now, some people, it might be eight days. The craving stopped, the brain fog stopped, the fatigue stopped, and within a week, eating a lot of food, I had lost two pounds. So yes, you know, my weight went straight to, just took a couple of months for it to get to normal, but all these other incredible things were happening, and this is, this is the education. These foods are inflammatory. They interfere with cell function. So there are about 141, we call them diseases, but they're not diseases. They're reactions to these toxin, toxic foods that just clear up. You know, I've been doing this for 25 years, and it's still so much fun to people have been told you're going to have this for the rest of your life. You're going to be on medication. Here are the side effects of the medication. And then these things just clear up. It's like the hard wiring. The factory settings are so powerful in people that they emerge. The body starts functioning the way it's designed. It's, I have to tell you, Catherine, it's so much fun. It's really fun. Yeah, because when you say I'm going to stop you there, you're talking about fun. People think of, oh, I have to change my diet. I'm going to have to lose weight. I have to. Fun is not the word that comes up. It's like, oh my, this is a job. This is terrible. I don't want to do this. This is the secret. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. this is the secret. Especially if you can get around people who are going through the same thing. Because if you're the only one in your household, or if you're the only one in your social circle, people just look at you like you're crazy, and that's not so much fun. But if you're around people like, oh, yeah, my A1C is so much better. My diabetes is going away. My doctor is taking me off medications. If you're around that kind of person, then you're like, oh, oh gosh, I can't wait. It's exciting. It's fun. It's enjoyable. It's pleasurable. But you've got to be in the right group. All right, if you've got to be in the right group, what do you do in terms of doctors, physicians? Uh, are they a part of all of this or not? Because it would seem to primary care yes. physicians. Let's start with that. How do you work with yes. them or do you work with them? Or, yeah, or yes, few, yes. Yeah. So they're just as much victims of this as, as, as the patient is. 
So they've gone to medical schools that are so closely aligned with the pharmaceutical companies. What they are trained in is pharmaceuticals and surgery. This is not pharmaceuticals and surgery. This is addiction recovery. And yes, there are physicians and psychiatrists who do no addiction recovery, but this is a lot of hidden substances. There's like seven major categories of substances that have been hidden in our food, and yet you can identify them. You, you said earlier, and you're absolutely right, we have to eat. But just like an alcoholic doesn't have to drink, everybody has to drink fluids. You've got to have fluids. But alcoholics don't have to drink the alcoholic fluids, and we don't have to eat the addictive foods. We can eat the unprocessed foods, the produce and the meats and the fish and the poultry and the, um, you know, the beans, plants that still look like they looked when they were harvested. So when people say to you, because this is one of the things I think that usually or often comes up is, well, that's way too expensive. I can't go to the grocery store and buy a whole chicken or I can't buy a whole Yeah, it's much cheaper for me. Yeah, it's one of the delusions. Yeah. So there are about 40 ways that this addiction costs money. You're buying different sizes of, of clothes. You can't work so much anymore. You're tired. You, um, you're buying a lot of food. It's a very expensive disease. You're buying over-the-counter medications. You're co-pays on the medical problems. It's actually a very, very expensive disease. People say all the time, like, we do have a program we charge $59 a month for the program, and people say, you know what? You're paying me to be in your program because you're paying me the $59, and I have all this other extra money. They are surprised. So that, I mean, that's just a, a joke. We're not paying them, but they're <laughs> making so much money by not spending all that money. So this is one of the delusions that the food industry has put out. It's too expensive. It's the absolute other way around. The leading cause of bankruptcy is in old age, people older than 65, is a medical crisis. All of those medical crises are from the progression of the, the consequences of the processed food addiction. It gets worse over time. Could you talk to us about, like, <clears throat> well, the, specifically the program? Give us, what is the program? Like, like what kind of, okay. as an educator, what, walk us through the program. Okay. So, the, the, this addiction isolates people. They become, you know, their bodies get bigger, and they don't want to go out. They're tired. They're depressed. And they often develop screen addiction along with it. So the program is to get them into a community where they can focus on other people rather than the messaging from the, the food industry. So the food industry is, you're stressed, eat this. You're stressed, eat this. The media programming is violent, and it's people doing mean things to each other. People are deliberately stressed uh, through corporation messaging. This is just the, the, the model, the business model. So we give, like we on our screens, we use Zoom. We have 14 hours per day around the world 
a really calm, happy, positive messaging. And that's what people need. That's the first thing they need. This brain, this addicted brain is very, very agitated. The agitation drives the addiction. The addiction drives the agitation. It's, it's, it's deep. So when you, this is, we call it immersion recovery. It's not therapy. Uh, we, we don't have professionals on our staff. It's all peer support. Only have people who've been through this nightmare of loss of control over food, and we we just get people used to being connected to other people in a community. Being in community releases a great uh, calming body chemical called oxytocin, so you can rely on that chemical for feeling good while the addicted parts of the brain calm down. Stop running your life, and you build a, just a different part of your brain. This is where I am calm. This is where I have control. This is where I choose my thoughts. This is where I don't let cravings run my life. Uh, so we're building, we're really retraining the brain to be very, very calm and very much in control. But when you think about the hundreds of thousands of hours that we've been subjected to, advertising availability, people around us eating these substances, it takes a long time to retrain brain cells to think calmly and not to copy agitated people, but rather to copy calm people, calm people who have control. And this is why the eight-week boot camps don't work, and this is why the quick weight loss doesn't work. All of those things are making the addiction worse because addictions do get worse over time. So if you're every day that you're not in one of these uh, recovery communities, the addiction is getting worse. So you're losing time, and then the consequences are getting worse. You know, smoking had emphysema and lung cancer and heart disease, but because every cell in the body is being compromised, literally there are 141 diseases for which we have a study linking that disease to processed foods. Can we bring this back to the babies then? Because we're talking about now adults, and we've, as you say, it takes a long time for us to get to the point to get sick and heart disease and cancer and all of those kinds of things. But let's start with Mm -hmm. with the family, moms and babies and dads and whoever's taking care of the baby. Uh, Right from the beginning, if what do we do? I mean, in terms of. You know, we start with yes. breastfeeding so, versus formula, and when do you start feeding yes. kids food? What kind of food? Absolutely. Yeah. So these, um, the the uh, breast milk of a mother who's eating sugar is going to have more sugar in it. So even breast milk can be addicting. So the mother has to watch her diet. She has to be in a group of mothers who are watching their diets. We have this thing called conformance drive which runs a surprising amount of our behavior. And when we're watching screens, we're conforming to the people on the screens. So being in a group, the first thing that mom needs to do is find a group of moms who are also really dedicated to eating clean. What you don't want to do is you don't want to be in a group of moms who are talking about the latest dessert recipe or the latest diet 
uh, dieting wakes up another part of the brain, which is the food-seeking brain, the fear of famine brain. And that's why we're seeing the emergence of uh, binging. That's a, that's a part of the brain that if you do find food, it wants to eat all that food very quickly because when you have a history of not eating enough through dieting or fasting, that binge brain wants to save your life from famine. It thinks a famine is going on. So you want to be in a group of people who are eating fully portioned, unprocessed meals three and a half times a day and not subjecting themselves to the advertising from the, from the food corporations. But the chill, you want to keep the processed foods out of the house. Availability triggers the addictive reaction in the brain. If that addiction knows that you could put your hands on something, it's going to start pumping out those craving neurotransmitters to get you to go get it. So keeping the processed foods out of the house is vital. Turning off the screens. Listening to the radio is much better than, <laughs> than actually having the bombardment of a screen, playing games, doing puzzles, reading. And I know brains can't do that right now. The addiction pulls the blood supply away from the frontal lobe. So all the, the functions in the frontal lobe, like paying attention, like learning, decision-making, impulse control, memory, those are all impaired because they're not getting blood flow. So you, you really, it's so worth the battle because children who are oppositional, they're angry, they're tired, they're uncooperative, they're that way because they're drugged up on these processes. And then we foods. end up giving them Ritalin and, uh, you know, uh, there's a myriad of yes. drugs that we give them, right? Yes. Exactly. You know, we only yes. have a couple minutes left. Fascinating information, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, and Thank practical, you. too. So I just want yep. to, I want you to tell us uh, website and or websites we can go to for more information Thank about you. some of the programs you just mentioned. And uh, also mm-hmm. uh, for your, because you, you've written a couple books. So let's start with yep. that. So the website is processedfoodaddiction.com and the book, the, the textbook, so just really by grace, I got three years in which to write most of the textbooks. So we have a textbook. It's called Processed Food Addiction and it's, it's available on Amazon. It's not a book that you would just read from cover to cover. It's a reference book. It's built from 2,000 studies. Why do we have so much research? It's because the obesity and eating disorders researchers are actually illustrating aspects of the addiction without really realizing it, but there it is. So processedfoodaddiction.com is a great place to start. Processedfood.com. Great, great talking Processed to you today. Processedfoodaddiction.com. Great. Thank you so much, John. Okay. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. (laughs) 